Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Now. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 105 at Edmonton. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stopper with you from Buffalo, New York. Uh, coming up in the uh, second hour, in 39 seconds time, we'll hear from Elaine Watt, longtime NHL agent, uh, talk a bit about the passing and the impact of Ted Lindsay, as well as a couple interesting storylines with a couple of Elaine's clients, including one that's got a connection to Edmonton. Uh, we will hear from uh, the Buffalo Sabres' Jack Eichel in conversation uh, with uh, Jack uh, Michaels. Uh, I'll have one one-on-ones with Steve Smith, the Buffalo Sabres assistant coach, longtime letter, and uh, Zach Cassian, a former Buffalo first-round pick, who's enjoyed a good run here of late for the Edmonton Oilers. The second hour of Oilers now is brought to you by our title sponsor, and that is Digitex. Digitex with PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money, all your devices managed at Digitex.ca. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown, north side, and Sherwood Park. You can text us on our 630-630 Heartland Ford text line with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. Heartland Ford is one of the largest Ford dealers in the province of Alberta, out in Fort Saskatchewan, 20 minutes outside of Edmonton. Uh, that is the hometown of Kirby Dock, who is one of the top WHL players. Our next guest has another one of the top WHL prospects for the upcoming draft. That's Dylan Cousins, and we are pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by Elaine Watt. Al, how are you doing? I'm good, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good. Long time no talk, eh? We, <laughs> I know. <laughs> spent a little bit of time in Columbus, uh, and it's uh, it, it's kind of a, a. I wasn't planning on doing something so quickly, but uh, given the passing of Ted Lindsay and uh, you know, sort of his contributions uh, in trying to get a, a union started, uh, or with, with what ultimately turned out to be the Players Association, I thought it'd be ironic. Uh, especially given you know your role and your context of representing numerous players around the NHL, and this guy really was the forerunner to today's modern uh, NHLPA, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, in addition to being an NHL icon and legend, uh, 
Ted is uh, a big reason why we have a union now and uh, and players uh, have strong rights and, and uh, strong advocates for their rights. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the league had to go through some transition uh, from uh, the time of, of his career until now. And uh, he's played a big role in, uh, you know, in players and agents uh, being able to, uh, to really uh, champion the players' rights. Now, you played at Harvard, uh, and then, you know, you got into the business, but at what point did you become aware of sort of, you know, the contributions and the challenges that Ted Lindsay went through, you know, back in the 50s and 60s? Because you're one of those guys that's an advocate for the players' rights today. They have, uh, you know, it's not even, even for today's current players, like you saw Wayne Gretzky at the game in, in uh, Columbus and Paul Coffey's here at Buffalo. Like those guys, they used to have to practice every day that the team didn't play. And now, of course, we have CBA-mandated days off. I mean, it's it's a completely different place in terms of where the players are at today, albeit they're paid way better. Uh, there may be one that back in the 50s and 60s. It's, not even, it's almost not even the same league, is it, really, when you think about yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I signed my first NHL deal in 92, and I can tell you that uh, things have changed a lot from 92 until now. And, and we're talking from, you know, the minute details of, uh, you know, how much sleep uh, players are, are uh, afforded to uh, travel, to getting your own, own hotel room uh, on the road, and all those kind of uh, rights and rules that uh, I think uh, back then, you know, that, that some of the travel was going on by train and uh, – uh, there were no rules about, uh, you know, what, how long the practices would go or how many times you would practice in a week. So uh, definitely, uh, I, I think if, if guys that are playing now went back in time, uh, they'd be in for a pretty rude awakening in some ways. Yeah, no question about that. So how long have you been in the agency business for, Al? Uh, this is going to be, this is my 19th season. So I started in, uh, in 2000 and uh uh, I've, uh, I've really enjoyed the, the transition to this side of the game, and uh, having played, uh, you know, it, it kind of gives it a different dimension to uh, to, to what we do. And, uh, and obviously, uh, we have a strong presence uh, kind of throughout North America and Europe, and uh, always kind of looking for a young, fresh talent. We're joined by Elaine. Well, Al, uh, one of the things that's interesting to me, you've uh, you have Nico Heischer. Uh, in your in your group, you also got Dylan Cousins. We just talked about you know Fort Saskatchewan, Kirby Doc, Dylan Cousins. That's one of the discussion points for. I, I know I pulled a bunch of guys out west just in the last week. You know who do you like more between Cousins and uh, Doc? I'm not going to ask you to say anything about Kirby Doc because he's not your player. But what can you tell us uh, about Dylan Cousins, who plays for the Lethbridge Hurricanes right now? Yeah, D- Dylan's uh, kind of the whole package. Uh, you know. Size-wise, skating-wise, uh, strong center can also be uh, very good on the wing. Uh, excellent defensively, you know, it was was taught the game the right way growing up and pays attention to detail and uh, and uh, unbelievable uh, character. Uh, you know, family. Uh, interesting story where you know they're, they're ailing from the from the uh, Yukon, uh, and uh, it's uh, it, it's a good story. You know, I, I think it's it's kind of fun to see a player. Uh, get the, to shine the light on a, on a part of the world that doesn't get uh, a lot of spotlight uh, uh, shown on it, uh, you know, on, on a regular basis. And uh, it says a lot about the kid. And as far as I'm concerned, anybody uh, who's picking uh, really in the, in the top three, uh, if, if they're lucky enough to get Dylan, I think he's a guy that, uh, that could, you could really build around. 
Oh, we're talking about a six foot three right shot center slash right wing. Uh, I had somebody compare him to Jeff Carter. That's not a bad thing. Uh, it's interesting because he wasn't like Doc was a top end WHL Bantam pick as a, as a fourteen year old, and uh, Dylan was a little bit further on, as I as I recall, and. And maybe just a thought for the parents out there that might be listening right now. Like if uh, if their kid's a smaller kid at 13 or 14, sometimes guys go through growing uh, spurts. You look at uh, Brent Leeson with what's occurred with him and Prince Albert. He didn't, you know, he just, is, it's almost like a metamorphosis has occurred this past summer. He's a completely different player now, potential first rounder. But you can't, you can't give the dream up just because you're not going to the top 10 of a Bantam draft, as an example, can you? Not at all, and, and it's a big part of what we do as uh, as agents and advisors. Is you know we look at these kids at 13 and 14, and it's easy to pick the biggest kid, and that the kid is going to dominate physically. But uh, it, it's a lot tougher to uh, to pick the guy who's going to you know really achieve his potential or overachieve his potential. And you know a lot of it has to do with character. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the mental toughness and then being able to process the game and hockey IQ and all those things that you can't teach. Uh, you know, and, and I'm I'm 100% on board with what you're saying. Uh, you know, it's it is a difficult task to pick those players that early on, but uh, I would tell you that the character and smarts are usually the uh, the, the two attributes that uh, really kind of set players apart once you get to the pros. We're joined right now by Elaine Watt and uh, NHL agent, um, and you got a couple guys this year that I want to hit on. And uh, we've talked a little. This is an Edmonton-based show, and I'm an old University of Alberta SID and did their play-by-play for 13 years. They won six national titles in those 13 years, and the three best teams didn't win. That's how that single elimination tournament now works. But you got a guy in Luke Phillip, and uh, Luke's gained a lot of. Uh, uh, attention around uh, around NHL circles, but you also have a player currently playing at uh, Michigan State by the name of Taro Haros, who's got 50 points in 34 games. They're both basically what five foot ten right shot guys that can play center or right wing. It, it, it's got to be interesting to see you know two guys that are two of the top available players out there and the amount of interest. And is there a bit of a bias against, as an example, Canadian college players? Because the perception is they've already kind of gone through the system once. Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as the Taro goes, he's a junior, so you know, it's still to be determined uh, whether uh, he's going to stay for his senior year or not. Uh, and you know, it, but they're very similar players. And your point is a well-made one. Uh, you know, with Luke Philp, great player, very skilled, very smart. Uh, I would venture to say that if Luke Philp was playing uh, in, in the NCAA, uh, there would be uh, you know probably a different kind of interest for him. Uh, but we've had a lot of good success with CIS players in the past, and uh, and guys coming out of CIS and, and, and really uh, making good pros. And, and there are guys in the NHL that are that are like CIS players too that have had good careers. So it is good hockey. Probably doesn't get quite the respect that it should. Uh, on an on an NHL level, uh, but I think certain programs are definitely breaking through that, and then U of A is one of those. You know, they they do a really good job of uh, of recruiting, and uh, they they seem to apparently compete with uh, with UNB out east, and uh, they get uh, they seem to get the top talent and make players better. And uh, to me, uh, yeah, it's a little bit uh, confusing when you look at the age of a guy like Luke Phillip and the age of a, of any other player in the NCAA that that's having success. And uh, that teams sometimes don't compare apples to apples when they probably should be. 
Okay, so you mentioned UNB and uh, Alberta. They won, I think, the last five national championships off the top of my head. And uh, UNB's had a couple guys. Uh, one of them went to the Kings. One of them went to the Jets uh, that have gone on. And I know the Jets have actually looked at Luke. Uh, in the case of Hiro, so educate our listeners here. As your family advisor for him, technically you're not the agent until he actually mm-hmm. uh, c- comes up. That's kind of how it works, right? Yeah. Exactly, okay. and, and uh, for for NCAA players, they they really uh, you know they have to make that determination whether they're going to leave or not, and and most guys don't want to have that conversation until uh, until their season's over, which is very understandable and and uh, the fair thing for their team. And uh, you know, if guys decide that they want to stay in school, then they push the process onto the next year. They can attend development camps, which are uh, usually held in June and July. And, uh, you know, basically kind of showcase what they can do there and get a feel for teams. And uh, it's uh, it's an interesting process because the, the rule is very different for CIS guys. Uh, where, uh, But the same thing, if CIS guys leave and go play pro, uh, they usually have to sit out a year to come back, but they can come back to the CIS. Yeah. Uh, how many, you know, if, if Heros theoretically was to declare that he was not going to return for his senior year, and you represent them. How many different NHL organizations would would look at reaching out to you and contacting you in that scenario? Twenty. I, I, yeah, I would venture to say uh, I would venture to say probably uh, twenty plus. We'll we'll see once once he makes his decision. But I, I mean, he he is the new NHL type of player. You know, he's right. he's got skill. He's got speed. Uh, you know, I I, I do think that uh, uh, those kind of guys now are garnering a lot of interest. Uh, and uh, you know, much at uh, like of the Johnny Gaudreau type of player, uh, you know, teams are, are looking for those guys. Right. Uh, conversely, in Luke Phillips' case, now I know of at least six teams that have been in to see him, uh, but it's not going to be twenty plus teams that are going to be putting calls in. If and in your case as the agent, would you recommend unless he's getting an NHL deal, would you tell Phillips to stay in school? Yeah, then then he's in a great program. He's getting better every year, so why not wait for the NHL deal? And uh, and you know it's uh, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where you know the, the CIS versus the NCAA gets a different kind of uh, respect from from the NHL uh, and uh, and a different kind of look. And it's unfortunate for for some really good CIS players, and they usually have to find their way around uh, or their way to the NHL in a different way. And some guys sometimes sign an American League deal then go play for a year, have success, and then move on to the NHL. Some guys have to start in the East Coast League. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Poor Europe in the case of yeah. Derek Ryan. Uh, all right, so you represent uh, – you, you had Patrick Maroon at one time, um, and uh, you no longer represent – or, or is your back representing – did Patrick reach back out to you, or is that – No, no, he, he still he, don't represent Pat. You yeah. no longer represent Patty, uh, who I would suggest uh, probably would like a do-over for the opportunities that were maybe there a year ago. I want to maybe uh, get you to educate. You've got you've got Chris Russell, and you've yes. got Anthony Stolarz, and you've also got uh, Kyle Brodziak. So mm-hmm. you got to deal with each guy. So you've, you've got three guys on the orders right now. What would a conversation be like for uh, Stolarz when he when he finds out that he gets straight to Edmonton for Cam Talbot? From your uh, like for, for yeah for him uh, you know it, it was a good one it, it's 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 one of opportunity uh, where it was a little crowded in Philly uh, I also represent Carter Hart who's there and and Mike McKenna who was there too so had a lot of goalies there in Philly for a while 
and uh, you know, and they had Brian Elliott coming back from injury, and uh, you know, I, I don't know that Chuck Fletcher felt comfortable with two young guys to go into yeah. the next season. So uh, the move for for Talbot was good. I don't know what their plans are. I don't represent uh, Elliott or Talbot, so I'm not sure what their plans are there. But uh, for for Anthony, this is a really good opportunity in, in Edmonton, where uh, Koskinen has been on a bit of a hot run. Uh, but uh, Anthony is a, is a good young goalie that uh, can probably compete on, on a daily basis there and just waiting for his time to get in there and uh, be a good pro. But uh, I, I like his upside. He's, you know, everybody knows a big goalie. He's 6'6", six, six, and uh, he shows a lot of that good NHL upside. Now, would I be incorrect to suggest the better Koskinen plays, the actual better probably is for Anthony because it lessens – the focus to get a two and a half to three and a half million dollar backup if Koskinen shows in the final thirty plus games this year that he can carry the mail for fifty to sixty starts next season. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it makes the decision a little easier for the Oilers to be okay. Well, we can go with uh, with two guys who don't have a ton of experience uh, versus uh, having to go out and find a guy with a lot of experience and, and maybe overpaying a little bit. Yeah, Elaine Waugh joining us right now. Bob Stoffer with you on orders now. He's got you got a, you got a lot of goalies because you you got Ben Bishop, you got Jake Allen, you mentioned Carter Hart. Uh, so it's it's pretty interesting. You dealt with something this year. I'm going to throw a total curveball at you, but during the course of the World Juniors with Maxime Comtois, he's one of your clients, yes. and I know there was a little bit of a. Um, uh, I don't want to use the word backlash, but there was some negative energy directed his way on Twitter, and I have a theory when it comes to Twitter. Never engage in anything back and forth. You cannot win on Twitter. Uh, but uh, was that a difficult process to go through, given you know, the disappointment of what occurred with uh, Team Canada? Yeah, World it, it was a difficult process, and uh, like any other maybe negative event is probably the best way to uh, to express it. Uh, a lot of pressure on these kids, uh, especially, I thought, People from outside Canada don't realize how much the World Juniors mean to Canadians. And people get passionate about it. And uh, social media is where maybe some people can hide behind uh, fake accounts and say certain things. And, uh, and Maxime uh, ended up uh, you know, not scoring in the shootout. It kind of took a life of its own. And uh, Maxime and I had a conversation. And, and he had the presence of mind to turn a negative into a positive. And really put a highlight on cyberbullying and uh, how uh, some people uh, really are defenseless when it comes to that. And, uh, and I thought he did a really good job there of, of how he handled that whole situation. And it's not the first time I've been through it because uh, we had Jake Allen uh, during the, I can't remember what year that was, the World Juniors, uh, where they lost to the U.S. And, uh, we had to deal with a very, a very similar situation. But for us, you know, it's always a learning moment. But uh, anytime you can take a, a negative situation to highlight, uh, a way that you can maybe help a victim, then then uh, that's what we did with it. See, my theory on this is the leadership has to come in, the, in that situation from the the coaches, and in the sense that they've got to, in any scenario where you're involving an amateur athlete, and the coach is getting paid, the coach has got to be the pro. So, you know, as a coach, you shouldn't be at any stage sort of making suggestions or uh, commenting on the performance of players, especially if they're underage. You know, uh, we had a bit of that occur this year uh, with a guy who's going to go number one in next year's uh, NHL draft, uh, Alexis Lafreniere. And I just, I think that sort of stuff has to be avoided. Al, we've run the gamut here. i got one final question for it. How, how important is it to have positive relationships with the general managers? You've placed a lot of players in Edmonton, a lot of players in Philadelphia, as an example, over the years. Um, 
you can't do that unless you have win-win relationships, can you? You can't, and, and you know, we, we're in a business, it's a very small world, and you keep doing business over and over again with the same people, so uh, I, I always think in every business there's a way to be tough and to be uh, diplomatic at the same time. Uh, get a deal done uh, where you don't scorch the earth, uh, but yet you get what you need uh, for your players. And, uh, you know, I, I think the best kind of deal is where you walk away and both sides feel like they gave a little bit, but they won a little bit. And uh, I think I think the other side usually feels the same way, too. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy what I do. That's probably the favorite part of my job is uh, negotiating the contracts and that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I but I also enjoy uh, the fact that we, we do have a good reputation across all leagues because we're fair guys. We have a lot of uh, players in Northern Alberta. You know that. They uh, often dominate the top of the WHL uh, Bantam draft. That's an occurrence every year. Uh, as In full disclosure, you know that uh, I do a couple events with one of the agency, but I just, for people that have maybe heard you and have got some questions, uh, how do people get a hold of you, Al? Uh, you, can, you can find our website, uh, rsghockey.com. There you go. Great stuff. We'll see you down the road, maybe in St. Louis in a couple of weeks, okay? All right. Thanks, Bob. Have a great day. Thanks for having me on. You bet. That is Elaine Waugh. Uh, again, represents Nico Heischer. He's got uh, Dylan Cousins for this coming year's draft. Uh, had Mark Letestu uh, in the past. Actually, still represents Mark Letestu. He's got Kyle Brodziak of the Oilers right now, as well as uh, Anthony Stellars and uh, Chris Russell. 125 at Edmonton. Here's what we're going to do here. Um, to be frank with you, i, I got to catch the bus in the next uh, half hour as the Oilers get ready to take on the Buffalo Sabres. We've still got uh, one-on-one interviews coming up with Steve Smith, Zach Cassian, and Jack Michaels in conversation with Jack Eichel. We are going to go off to a uh, global news weather traffic update at 1.30, and then Brendan Escott is going to take you home the rest of the way. Reminder, tomorrow, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta, uh, Century Mile opening up this spring out on Highway Number 2, and uh, we'll also have Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bakersfield Condor is coming up tomorrow, but Brendan's got you the, west, the rest of the way. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.